Well, hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm producer Ash, and this is true. I'm joined tonight by a very special guest. You might know him as the king of wishful thinking, James Macmillan. Oh, wow. Is that a Go West reference? Sure is. Wow. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time. It has. And I, I think, <laughs> but, you know, before we get into this topic, which I happen to know what it is this time, why don't you go ahead and listen to uh, Go West, King of Wishful Thinking? Just have it playing in the background while you listen yeah, to this episode. Yeah, I think it's going to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is a follow-up. It's a bit of a part two to last week's episode, which was about St. Damien of Molokai, a.k.a. the patron saint of lepers. Today, we're going to talk about the reality of leprosy and how it works. I'm actually really, really fascinated by this. This this is my kind of jam. All right. Well, strap in. Okay. There's a longstanding stigma when it comes to this disease. It was even once believed that the victims of the diseases were actually victims of sin. Of course. Mentioned through possibly dubious translation in Leviticus 13.14 in the Old Testament. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is an old disease. It is very old. Yeah. Um, Although leprosy has a history of being thought of as highly contagious, it's not, and deadly, it's actually totally treatable. And there's such a low risk of transmission that there's no reason to isolate or ostracize people with leprosy. Treatable now, or was it universally always treatable? And they it's just treatable didn't know? now. Okay, got it. So back then, totally sucked to get it. Yep. The first written evidence of leprosy dates back to 1500 BCE in Whoa, Egypt. That's older than I was thinking. Yep. I'm thinking because I grew up watching the movie Braveheart and uh, the Bruce. Robert the Bruce's dad. Yeah. Has, has leprosy. And, yeah. And uh, that's all I know from that. <laughs> so that, that was like 1300s, I want to say. Braveheart. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but it's actually probably been around for much longer than that. Wow. In 2009, anthropologists discovered evidence of leprosy in a 4,000-year-old skeleton, which dates the infection back to prehistoric India <gasps> around 2000 BCE. That's crazy. I wonder how... How the hell do you find evidence of leprosy from a skeleton? I don't know. It depends it on your how nose? well it's <laughs> no. no, I'm serious. Something with the, the cavity of your nose. I mean, yeah. It, like, it goes in. It melts downward. It just melts. Yeah, your, your nose melts into your face. Ugh. Well, like many of our modern diseases, it likely came to the Americas during the European colonization. Thank mm-hmm. you. Modern-day medicine has renamed leprosy to Hansen's disease after Gerhard Henrik Armauer Hansen, the scientist who discovered the cause of the infection, which was a germ named Mycobacterium leprae back in 1873. Wow, that late? Yes. That's crazy. Yes, and that was just the identification of the germ. So no one is 100% how you become infected with, I'm going to say M. leprae instead of saying Mycobacterium leprae. But it is widely accepted that among humans, it's transmitted through the small droplets that are released with a cough and a sneeze. Although you can also get it from armadillos. And also, from what I understand, over a long period of time. Right. Which is why St. Damien ended up getting it, but only after years of being 
surrounded by lepers. He was knuckles deep in poi after being knuckles deep in wounds. Right. Okay, according to HowStuffWorks.com, M. lepre is a parasitic organism, which means it relies on host cells for its survival. This class of bacteria targets your Schwann cells, which are nerve cells that the body uses to fix its peripheral nervous system, and it changes the way that they work. First, the organism hides in these cells, which means that your immune system doesn't see them, and the immune system won't fight what it doesn't know is there. It may take years for the disease to appear after you've been infected, but inside your body, the infected cells are already under attack. As the infection takes hold, the cells begin to break down and lose all of its protection. The infected Schwann cells begin to behave like stem cells, which makes them so deadly because stem cells have the ability to convert into another type of cell in your body. Imagine the power this gives to the organism. If the infected Schwann cell is converted into a mycocyte, a muscle cell, for instance, M. lepre is now infecting the body's muscle tissue. Oh, jeez. And as nerve fibers are affected, symptoms of the disease begin to appear. Skin lesions are the hallmark of leprosy. In more severe cases, the infection may cause respiratory problems ranging from hoarseness to nasal symptoms, including loss of sense or smell, stuffy nose, bleeding, and even a collapsed nose. So I have leprosy because <laughs> I'm congested all day. Every it's definitely day. that. Eyes are also at risk for damage, and leprosy may cause eye redness, eyebrow and eyelash hair loss, pain, lagophthalmus, which is what it's called when you can't close your eyelids. Oh, so it's a really, it's, I mean, look, it's not the, it's, it's a pretty chill disease to get. It's not that bad. It's pretty chill. <laughs> Good Lord. For some reason, it really bothers me thinking of being unable to close my eyes. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's a living nightmare. That's yeah. why, Ashley. Yeah, yeah um, it causes all kinds of eye, eye ailments, all leading to blindness. You just thought of Clockwork Orange. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Most significantly, M. lepre causes nerve damage. Trophic ulcers, commonly on the plantar area of your feet, may appear along with related loss of pain and skin sensation. Oh my God. Motor impairment, as well as muscle weakness and paralysis including such problems as claw hand deformities and facial nerve palsy, also disable leprosy sufferers. Skin lesions and the loss of sensation are telltale early signs of the infection and are usually enough for a health professional to make a diagnosis, but specific tests will determine for sure. The two primary tests are skin lesion biopsies and skin scraping. The first treatments against leprosy were discovered in the 1940s through 1960s, although the gold standard these days is a multi-drug therapy, MDT. So they kind of just throw a bunch of different agents at it that they know are effective against this germ. Okay. The World Health Organization provides these treatments free to all leprosy patients, and once treatment has begun, the infection is no longer contagious. Even with treatment, there can be long-term complications of the infection depending on how long the infection was allowed to progress before treatment began, as well as the overall severity of the disease. Patients may have permanent disabilities, including nerve damage and loss of sensation or pain, specifically in the arms and legs, as well as long-term muscle weakness. Sometimes leprosy causes disfigurement. Victims aren't missing toes because they fell off. 
but because the body is reabsorbing the cartilage in those toes or fingers, hands, feet, and nose. Complications resulting from nerve damage may sometimes require surgery to treat the physical effects ranging from sensory loss. For example, if you can't feel your foot, you might frequently injure it. And that can sometimes lead to loss of fingers and toes. Surgeries may also relieve and repair a claw hand, and in some cases, infected body parts may need to be amputated. So think of it this way. Whatever has happened up until the point where you are treated, you can't undo that. You're not an iguana. You can't regrow a tail. (laughs) Right. Wow, that's miserable. And apologies if I missed it, but at what point did therapy start? Uh, The 40s through the 60s. That's unbelievably late. Yeah. That's way later it's than so I late. was thinking. My God. Uh, well, what does living with leprosy look like in the modern times? Yes. What does it look like? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Where do I need to avoid Because that going? was a, a whole lot of condensed awfulness in a small amount of time, Ashley. Yes. I, I need some hope. Um, okay. We'll try. Okay. The following are personal stories provided by LEPRA, which is an organization founded in 1924 that is dedicated to eradicating leprosy and studying the disease. Thank God for people like that. Yep. The first story is of a man named Rayala, and I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Indian name? Indian, yeah. India, Bangladesh, that area of the world. Rayala was diagnosed with leprosy in 2006, but his troubles continued for almost 10 years after his diagnosis. Mm. A leprosy diagnosis carries widespread discrimination and prejudice, often disrupting people's lives, tearing families apart, and causing immense stress and isolation for the people affected. Rayala developed issues with his left foot during treatment, resulting in muscle weakness. He was unable to walk properly. His fingers also began to claw and curl. He was powerless to use his right hand. With the exception of his father, his entire family abandoned him because of these disfigurements. Mm. Tragically, Rayella's father died shortly after his diagnosis, leaving him completely alone with no income and severe disabilities. His mental health deteriorated as a result of the extreme isolation. Rayala felt that he'd already been forced to sacrifice so much, in particular his dignity, He took to begging on the streets just to survive. His wider family refused to acknowledge him whenever they passed him, offering no support. That's awful. Thankfully, lepra staff were in the local area actively searching for new cases of leprosy. They spotted Rayala, who was in very poor physical state, and helped him, providing him with basic necessities, ensuring he had food and clean water while also assessing his disabilities. Hmm. The team provided him with specialized footwear, enabling him to walk unaided. He also began attending disability camps where he learned how to care for himself and also how to tackle his mental health issues. Rayola was referred for reconstructive surgery on his hand, and he also underwent physiotherapy. They say, our holistic approach to treatment provided Rayala with many different ways to deal with his issues, including footwear, surgery, physiotherapy, and mental health counseling. Rayella's confidence increased tenfold. He even felt strong enough to become a mentor and an educator, Mm. traveling to villages to discuss leprosy with residents and explain the signs and symptoms. He now works with lepra, referring people affected by leprosy and then lymphatic filariasis, which is like a secondary thing that happens, which is really brutal. 
He also helps others access government services for people affected by leprosy and campaigns for the recognition of their rights. Despite having been forced to give up so many things in his lifetime, the things that you and I take for granted, with your continued support of Lepra, Rayala has completely turned his life around and is on his way to becoming a successful entrepreneur with his own shop, selling food and drink to his local community. Well, yay. That was a good ending. Yeah. I mean, he lost all of his family, but at least he had support and now he has new community. Right. Well, that's good. So if you don't get treatment today... I get, say I get diagnosed with leprosy and I don't go through the treatment, I will die, right? Yeah. You eventually will die and it's not a great death. No. You'll slowly die. Yeah. My God. Um, Those another... poor people back in the day. Oh, God. Yeah, Jeez. I know. And it's like, I feel bad for these people, but at least they have something. God, there's so much to be worried about back in the day. <laughs> Jeez <laughs> Louise. Yeah. Um, another story from a woman named Samida, who is 35, from Bangladesh. Ten years ago, Samida noticed that one of her fingers was slowly becoming curved. She didn't know why or what was causing the changes to her hands. With high levels of poverty and a lack of awareness of leprosy, Samida did not have access to suitable medical care, and her symptoms were overlooked. Hmm. Over several years, she noticed that her fingers were becoming more and more disfigured and was now developing ulcers on her feet. Samita's husband sadly died six years ago, leaving Samita and her children. At such an emotional time, Samita had to move with her children to her father's house, and due to the nature of her disability, she was unable to work. In sheer desperation to make ends meet, she turned to begging and had been begging on the streets for two years when Lepra's team in Bangladesh met her. In early June 2022, Lepra's team in Bangladesh were providing much-needed health care services in the local area. She was referred to Lepra for diagnosis by a health assistant who had heard about her story. After meeting with the team, she was taken to the hospital, where she received treatment with multi-drug therapy for leprosy and received emergency care for the ulcers on her feet. She has fought for the health and well-being of her beloved children, for which she tries her best to provide. She has lived in fear of the disease and what the future may hold for her family. But with leprous care and support, she is beginning to believe that she will one day recover so she can find employment once again and life will become much easier for her and her children. And one final story from somebody that I found really inspirational is a woman named Dasu, who is 35. She does not have leprosy, but rather has become an accredited social health activist uh, with lepra for 12 years. These activists are voluntary health workers in India who are trained by lepra to recognize and refer people with symptoms of leprosy and lymphatic filariasis to medical professionals for diagnosis. She personally has detected 23 people of leprosy in her community. Wow. Dasu is empowered by Lepra to provide that multi-drug therapy and the distribution of specialty footwear, which is given to those affected by leprosy that enables them to walk. She regularly follows up with those who have been diagnosed, making sure that they are receiving adequate support from the community and family. Where complications of leprosy occur, she advocates for additional services. I think of her as like a modern I was just gonna say, version of Father Damien. Father Damien, yeah. No, St. Damien. Yes, St. Damien. A large part of the um, advocate's role is communicating and building trust. This is a key for Dasu as she has fostered a strong support network for women in her village. Dasu tells us, quote, All the women trust me and I am in touch with them regularly to inquire about their health issues and then I encourage them to participate in a self-help group. 
Dasu recognizes that women are adversely challenged by the disease in a unique way because of prejudice and discrimination. She says, quote, the women are more prone to burning their limbs and face because they cook and also self-stigmatize. They are not willing to report to health facilities and they are too shy to express their problems. I just hadn't thought of it that way. Like the entire other side of not only just having it, but you don't want to be a burden. And especially if you're a woman, you are being put in these positions where you're more often hurting yourself because you can't tell that you are harming yourself on accident. Right. Total nightmare. Um, so, yeah, it it's they do a lot of education um, and advocacy in the community. They want to reduce negative prejudice associated with the disease, make sure that people know that there's treatment. It's not something to be ashamed of. Get help. It is out there for you. And um, yeah, women do not readily come forward for treatment and they choose to focus on tending to their families and moving forward with their lives instead of getting the care that they need to actually do those things. Right. So I just really appreciate that there are people out there who are acting as modern day St. Damien's. Yeah, and for for a disease that I think if you were to go ask people on the street, I think most people think of leprosy as an old thing. Yes, it it's not something always polio, feels like an old leprosy. Thing. Like we figured that out. Fi- that's that's done. That's for the past. That's for the history books. But it's not. It's, it not. it's around. It's still there today. We just know how to treat it. Yeah. Um, but it, a lot of that's based on culture. So if you live in a rural vi- village in India, maybe you just a you don't know. You know, you think maybe you just have a deformity or something because a lot of people around you might. And a lot of people around you are sick. And a lot of people have unfortunate lives. So you don't go and seek help. Yep. Um, and uh, maybe stay away from armadillos because currently you can get leprosy from armadillos. People still get it in the United States. Every year, a few people get it. You think I want to be around an armadillo? <laughs> Look at those things. They're so cute. They are kind of cute. Okay. Well, my sources were How Stuff Works and Lepra.org. And um, we need to have a moral of the story. And I think that my moral of the story would be that the same shit happens throughout history. Mm. Anytime you think, wow, that must have sucked back in the day, it's coming back around again or it's still here. Right. Like, you know, there's the Black Plague and then yeah. Spanish flu. Like, all of these things still happen. All of these political unrest still happen. Yeah. And we need to recognize that we are not immune. There is no such thing as the past. It's all just one timeline. It's just human experience. Mm -hmm. Right now. Today. Today. Right now. There it is. It's all the same. And there it is again. And there it is again. It's still there. And now. And now. Uh, My moral of the story is similar. I will will sandwich this. No. Let me start over. I will pair this with the first part of St. Damien. And it's a good reminder that when things are really it, like in spite of dark moments in spite of 9-11 or leprosy or horrific things there seems to always be the light there always seems to be amazing people to help kindness kindness if you want to help i would just recommend go to lepra.org um i did some research on them to make sure that they weren't some like terrible thing they're actually a very old like i said 1924 or whatever it was established yeah cool. um, they are actively in the communities trying to do the work that father damien saint damien was doing amazing fascinating that was a fun two-parter man was a fun two-parter about 
people's running. I actually really enjoy that though, because it's that's a fascinating disease and a fascinating world behind that whole thing. It's pretty cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. 